My name is Cedric Martin, and I'm going to be your host. Each episode, we're going to be looking at the book, Peaceful at Heart, Anabaptist Reflections on Healthy Masculinity. We'll jump into the chapters, hear from the authors, and think a little bit more about what healthy masculinity might look like in our lives. Today, we're going to be joined by the editors of this book, Don Neufeld and Steve Thomas. Don and Steve, thank you so much for uh, writing this book so that we can be here uh, and, and doing this today. That's good to be here. Good to be here. Great, thank you. So jumping right in uh, to talking about the book today, um, in, in the introduction of the book, Don, you, you talk a little bit about how it all sort of came to be, um, and you, you were talking about this sort of uh, missing link, this, this sort of gap that you're seeing in the market. Can you tell us a little bit more about what need you were, you were seeing and, and how long this project all came to, to come together? Well, I'm a therapist, a social worker by trade, and uh, was well into my career when I began uh, a practice as a therapist and as a male and as a Christian male, um, a good number of the clients coming to me were men. And, um, and I started looking for materials that I could use both to inform my own understandings, but also to provide to clients who might want to do some reading. And the reality is that the the, the limited resources for men were quite varied and uh, I found um, uh, inadequate for what I was hoping to be able to get through to my clients. And, uh, and that, I'm, that's both from a clinical side, but also a theological side. Uh, the clinical stuff that's out there, there are a number of really good books uh, that I use regularly. Um, but when it came more to some of the Christian men who were, who were dealing with some, um, uh, issues of their own relationships, their own relationship with themselves, their marriages, their relationships with family. I began to see a lot of um, uh, pictures of men who were really struggling. Um, and, and the way I began to understand, to sort of frame it was the lack of peace driving a lot of really inappropriate behavior, including aggression and violence and dominance and and, and or self-destructive behaviors, uh, you know, um, threats of, of self-harm or suicide or addictions. And so as I started looking um, in, the, in the Christian world, the primary books had to do with manning up and regaining manhood and going, in my mind, back to some, some idealized version um, and usually framed in some level of, of regaining power. And, and being dismissive of a lot of the good work that was being done for women and uh, minorities. Uh, so that, that sector of the, of the materials was not something that I was prepared to, um, to use, uh, although it did reflect um, the attitudes of men coming into the office who were, who were from Christian environments where that kind of an understanding of masculinity was dominant. So that wasn't something I wanted to go, uh, wanted to use. And some of the, Sort of the men's rights, men's advocacy materials that are also in the more in the in the general public um, also had a flavor of of sort of reactionary and 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 adversarial, uh, which to me didn't help. Um, uh, 
Um, and then too much of the materials about men in the dominant narrative in the social social work and social services field was about um, I, uh, you know labeling men as the problem and having very little time to listen to men's stories. So that whole picture was what I was operating from and seeking good materials. And as I began to think about my uh, my understanding and, and affinities to an Anabaptist peace position, I began to wonder what, how to bring those together. And uh, again, couldn't find anything that did that and began to recognize or realize that if it was going to happen, then maybe I needed to take the initiative to make that happen. Yeah, so this, this project's really been uh, a very long time coming for you. It's, it's something you're seeing for many years and, and just you deciding to take it on. How many, how many years do you think it was until you decided to, to start working on this book? Well, the actual project began in June of 2014 and it was published in June of 2019. So it was five years from the actual initial inspiration. Um, prior to that, it was definitely something that had been on my radar, not as a, as a specific project, but of a, yeah. as a concern that I needed to to do some thinking about. And, and uh, again, just came up short in really finding good materials, even to engage myself in the conversation, much less clients or anybody else. That's that's my that's my passion. That's my calling. You know, when this book, I mean, we talked about it a bit, but when this book came to me just a few feet away from me on on the on the port on the deck out back, you know, I can just so clearly, you know, um, still recall that sense of wow, this is what we need to do. This is what I need to do. Wow, yeah, that's that's amazing. Uh, Five years to from from creation to, to book, and then also many years thinking about it beforehand. Um, thank you for all that that work, um, Steve. For for you in in the preface of this book, you're talking uh, about this question that you have: what what kind of man am I? Um, has that question um, sort of evolved as you worked on this book? Has has an answer come to you? Uh, has it changed since the book's released until now? Yeah, that's a, a question I, I bump into in my pastoral work. Um, so in beginning this uh, book, I have been working as a pastor for about 30 years. And throughout my uh, years in ministry, um, I sensed a real need uh, for men to really come together to do their inner work, to be in conversation with one another. And this the question of what does it mean to be a man? Um, is answered in a variety of ways and depends on kind of what you read and kind of what culture you're really identifying with around masculinity. Uh, the the mythopoetic men's movement has been very formative for me, uh, but as a pastor, I realize that, that just has a, a limited reach for a number of men. Um, a lot of the the uh, the work coming out of uh, more traditional or evangelical Christianity wasn't satisfying uh, to me. It was putting forward um, images of masculinity and answering that question, what does it mean to be a man in ways that um, I wasn't comfortable uh, with? And so when Don uh, posed uh, this project for Mennonite men, uh, I was excited about this because it provided an opportunity to look at uh, uh, what does it mean to be a man? What, is it, what does masculinity look like? 
healthy masculinity from an Anabaptist perspective and to find an answer that resonates more with our Anabaptist uh, life and faith and thinking about following Jesus in a way that Ray uh, calls us to be uh, men of peace. And so uh, this theme that Don proposed, uh, kind of peaceful at heart, and I, and I might add, and, and peaceful in life and how we live this out, um, has become an, kind of an important answer um, for speaking into, I think, a gap out there in the literature and the work on men's work. Yeah, yeah. So, Don, in uh, chapter one here, you talk about the fact that this is a book uh, by men for men, and, and you talk about masculinity and, and neediness. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you were thinking about when you're writing this, and, and what, are you, what are you trying to say here with this chapter? What, what, I, what I'm hoping to, to do is create a um, safe and, and inviting environment for men to, to do the hard work of addressing some of the concerning behavior, but even more importantly, to build a solid idea of a positive uh, sense of self and uh, and a honest uh, look at what of who we are as human beings, and that that if we don't have good and healthy ways to affirm who we are as human beings and and what our needs are, then we're going to go looking in unhealthy ways. And um, I contend in the book that that so much of of the the really poor behavior and abusive behavior that men are known for is desperate grasping after um, uh, what are ultimately healthy hopes and goals through really, really distorted and entitled um, ways of, uh, of being men. And that, that that conflict is what creates so much disturbance in men's lives um, that um, we need to tend to. And I don't feel that much of the discussion around gender and 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 uh, um, and gender relationships and violence has given much credit to men's humanity. Um, and uh, if we're going to invite men to the table to have these conversations, then it has to honor men's experiences and and look deeper than just the behavior and and look at the kinds of pain and hurt and sadness and fear and, and ultimately insecurities that haunt far too many men's lives. So that's what I've tried to portray and begin the conversation of, of creating a, uh, a positive, healthy um, uh, environment for men. And, and so that's why you say it's, it's a book uh, by men for men, right? Yeah, if it's a book about men and people are sort of you know, uh, assessing and investigating and, and critiquing, then many men will want nothing to do with it because it'll just feel like an attack. Um, and so it needs to be, um, it needs to also be men, us as men doing our work um, and uh, really hoping that as we go forward with this project and with with this book and, and, uh, and as others join the conversation that we can we can call each other, hold each other as men to account, but also affirm and honor each other in, in our in our core needs and our attempts, our good attempts and our successful attempts to be good people, uh, along with the places in which we fail. And I think we can do that and we can do it um, uh, in ways that, that, that join with women and others of marginalized communities that have been hurt by men. 
Sure, sure. And, and in this chapter, you talk about uh, uh, the, the Greek word nephesh, uh, you know, the soul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you tell me more about the soul and, and the neediness? Yeah, that's an, an interesting story of, of, of that word sort of sticking in my mind for, well, close to, well, over 30 years now. Um, as, as just being a tickler there um, and not quite knowing why it was significant. And then as I was formulating that chapter, uh, it, it settled in and, and it just, for me, framed um, that core sense of, of need in which we are created. Um, and that, 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 that need, that vulnerability, that, that um, need for, for interdependency with other people and, and with God specifically, is, is a wonderful part of what makes us human. But traditional masculinity has, has so much been oriented about being independent and not needing and having to have everything under control and not depend on anybody else. And, and so it just, it struck me of, of how, of how much opportunity we have to embrace ourselves as, as both strong and able, but also needy in, in a positive and healing way. And, uh, and for me that, uh, uh, again, it was just very moving to see that faint memory from, you know, 30 plus years ago, just land in, you know, in, in, in my thinking as being such a, a beautiful place to start. Yeah. Yeah. How long have both of you been associated with Mennonite men? Um, is, is this something that, uh, inspired you to work more with Mennonite men or is this you're working with Mennonite men and how do we um, reach out to to the, the men in our groups? Well, I guess I'm more the veteran in Mennonite men than Steve is. Um, I began back, I think, in 2012 or 2013, specifically interested in the possibilities of, of, of an organization like Mennonite men being an avenue to engage men in conversations about masculinity. And um, the sort of my interest has has helped, um, uh, I think, develop that line of uh, of ministry more than it had been previously. Um, previously, Man Night Men had focused more on fundraising um, and supporting churches, which which as as good and positive that is, it's not about engaging men in their own journeys of spirituality and definitely when it comes to the larger topics of of gender and and violence and and uh, and mental health and addictions and such like that, um, so I I advocated within my role in the board, um, and uh, when this inspiration came to me, I brought it to to the board at that time, and that was actually prior to Steve being there, um, and there was interest and support, and and so the project began at that point, um, and then when there was a change in directors in the U.S. and Steve came on board and we started talking, there was just an amazing resonance between, between us about our, our, our longings to engage men and uh, relatively uh, aligned ideas, although there's been enough differences that have kept the, sort of kept the energy strong. And that's been a good part of the dynamic. And I think that's, that's also part of what we recognize, that this is not about bringing the answer it's about bringing a conversation or inspiring a conversation. And uh, that's been 
and for me to have Man Night Man embrace it and then to have that also as an avenue then to to um, hopefully get the word out and engage men in our in our churches in North America. Yeah, for sure. And, and Steve, how long have you been associated with Mennonite Men? Uh, I've been uh, with Mennonite Men for four years. And this uh, shift, or rather an addition of ministry to Mennonite Men is an important one for me. Uh, our Join Hands program is an important uh, of uh, ministry in the larger church of really trying to extend financial assistance to church plants, new churches, especially ethnic racial congregations is where a lot of our support is going. Uh, but as Dan, Don indicated, uh, uh, an important work that we need to do is helping men do their inner work uh, with and for each other um, and not simply writing checks to support projects out there, but to look at the work we need to do about the kind of uh, men that, that we're becoming as we think about being followers of Jesus and really trying to do that uh, with resources that Mennonite men can create as a way of uh, engaging men in this, these important conversations. So, so that leads me to my, my next question, which is the, the subtitle of your book is Anabaptist Reflections on, on Healthy Masculinity. Uh, is there something unique about a male being in an Anabaptist church versus another church or faith? Well, I guess the question would be, has there been a difference? Um, probably not so much. Um, I think in many ways, you know, men in Anabaptist churches have been influenced by societal trends around masculinity and, and socialization and also been relatively influenced by the Christian men's movement and some of the standard presumptions around, you know, patriarchal um, themes and, and hierarchies and such like that. So in that sense, historically, there's probably not been a lot of difference. Um, and, you know, clearly Anabaptist men have not been more peaceful as far as um, when it comes to abuse and mistreatment, domestic violence. Um, I don't think there's there's any claim to have been immune to all the same kind of uh, uh, problematic behaviors. For me, the, 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 question is, the question is more, what might our Anabaptist um, beliefs um, and following Jesus in the, in, in, in the sort of in more Anabaptist uh, traditions um, say to the possibilities of how we might be able to operate as men? Um, and when I said earlier that so much of that one of the themes that came up in the men that I was seeing in my practice is that there was a there was so much turmoil and 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 lack of peace. And then it struck me, well, what does it mean to possibly be peacemakers for men who are lacking peace? And what does um, following Jesus in a in a in a from a perspective of of uh, nonviolence and uh, reconciliation and loving our neighbor. Um, how, how might that influence how we look at ourselves as men? And that's, that's been the core of what I hope we can, um, we can create with this book is that the bringing together of those ideas and, and, and digging in and over time creating change in who we are as Anabaptist men, and maybe through that also uh, reaching out into the wider uh, conversation about men and masculinity and say, and, and challenge the notions of, 
you know, of, of violence and uh, the, the, sort of the, the double messages of violence in the sense that men are encouraged and supported and heroized for being violent, you know, especially when it comes to protecting women and children from the big bad thief who enters the house or, you know, or the, the uh, you know, the, the hordes of, of, uh, uh, of enemies coming through our borders. Um, but then men are sanctioned for being violent in other areas of life. And, and we expect men to switch that on and off, on and off, as if, as if that's a simple matter. And, and we need to revisit that because we can't train people to kill and then expect them to be warm and fuzzy the next moment, right? That's, that's, just, not, that's just not humanly viable. And we see the damage that that's created in men through the centuries over and over again. And, and so I think we have a legitimate um, position to, to ask good questions around how we can revision our ideas of being men. And for me, the difference of, in our work is thinking about um, our lives as we follow Jesus and taking the way of Jesus seriously really calls us to be uh, men of peace, as Don is uh, saying. And so that that emphasis on on peace and nonviolence as a lifestyle, uh, not just in, um, in reference to participation in the military, is an important kind of distinctive for an Anabaptist perspective on healthy masculinity that really is about living in the way of peace. And the second uh, uh, difference uh, from a lot of conventional masculinity, it, masculinity would be that it's something we don't do alone, but together. And so this emphasis, you know, as we've often talked about with the Anabaptist vision about uh, peace and community, those are important distinctives in terms of an Anabaptist perspective of healthy masculinity. Wow, yeah, thank you. So thinking about peace, thinking about community, and, and we're thinking about the future, not necessarily um, what what makes us different currently, but the future we could see. That's that's great. Thank you both. Well, uh, Don and Steve, thank you both very much for your time, and, and thank you for, for re being vulnerable with me as well, uh, and, and being willing to share about this process of, of being peaceful at heart, and what that looks like now, and what that might look like in the future. Um, before you go, uh, did you have any sending thoughts for those that are listening today? Pick up the book, read it together, uh, and with a new study guide, that's a, a help of, of getting in, digging in in conversation. For me, it's definitely the invitation also. We are, you know, we, we want this to, to inspire men individually and in groups um, to, to do the, to do the, courageous work of, 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 uh, of reflecting and sharing and, and to, to, to continue the conversation, invite, you know, anybody who has ideas and thoughts or want to have a dialogue, please be in touch with us. We'd love to have further conversations. Um, we look forward to opportunities to support uh, men's groups. If you want to, uh, to create something in your own congregation or just with a group of friends, We'd be happy to uh, to resource that in various ways as we go forward. That's great. Thank you both so much, uh, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you, Cedric. Thank you. Peaceful at Heart was recorded in the city of Tuckeronto, the land covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. 
This is the Dish with One Spoon territory. The Dish with One Spoon is a treaty between the Anishinaabe, Mississaugas, and Haudenosaunee that bound them to share the territory and protect the land. Subsequent indigenous nations and peoples, Europeans, and all newcomers have been invited into this treaty in the spirit of peace, friendship, and respect. We all eat out of the dish, and all of us that share this territory with one spoon. We want to acknowledge the ancestral lands and waterways of the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Seneca, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples. Takoronto is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. We wish to thank them and any other nations who cared for this land. Colonization is a continuing form of oppression, so it is important that we acknowledge the lands and digital spaces that we are holding and taking up. We remember the acknowledged and unacknowledged, recorded and unrecorded, past, present, and future. We are all treaty people. Peaceful at Heart was produced and edited by myself, Cedric Martin. It was made possible thanks to Mennonite Central Committee, Mennonite Church Eastern Canada, Be in Christ Church of Canada, Theatre of the Beat, and of course, by Mennonite Men. To find more resources, head to MennoniteMen.org.